Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don, Donato Bucci, and please remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio app, and wherever else you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to please leave us a five-star review. So today we have our all-NFL draft review show. For you diehard football fans out there. And let me welcome in everyone's favorite, JT, Jimmy Thompson. How you feeling today? I'm feeling sad, man. This draft was probably one of the best I've ever seen just because it was all virtual. You got to see inside everybody's homes. You got to see people doing stuff that we normally wouldn't see. You know, all the behind the scenes drama with people, you know, girlfriends, all kind of stuff. So, yeah, I thought this this draft was amazing, man. You watched it all the way to, into, like, Mr. Irrelevant. It was just good to have some sort of live sports, even though it wasn't, like, a real game. Um, or it was not a game, but it was just good. And you're right. I think this is the first time I watched from the first pick to Mr. Irrelevant without, you know, missing – Missing a, a pick. Missing I feel like I pick. saw every, every right. selection. Yes, every selection, I agree, probably the first time um, – that I can remember in the draft doing it. And I know we watch a lot of the draft, but not like the way we did. Um, yeah, we we usually aren't this invested in like round seven. Right. But this year it was. It was like, <laughs> dude, did you see who they took with like the 240-something pick? Uh, that, that was a terrible pick. Like, usually we don't care. You right. know, but, but you know what I want to ask you? Um, out of separate from the players getting drafted, what do you think was like the most either the funniest or the most ridiculous thing you saw just from them having cameras in everyone's house? Well, you know, JT, I think one of it's got to be what was going on at Mike Vrabel's house. I thought that that was... We, we still don't know what was We going still on don't know. I thought, that, I thought that was a little ridiculous. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, I think some of the, the funny moments dealt with the players' interactions with their uh, family members. Oh, that's a, the best. You, you saw a lot of family members waving other family members out of the way of the camera so the spotlight could be on on the actual player at the time of the pick. So I kind of found that funny, too. I think you're referring to the kid that went uh, from Georgia that went in the first round, and his girlfriend was hugging on him the whole time. The mom well, just like kind of ripped her out of the way. <laughs> That was one of them. But then there were other times where, like, other family members, yeah, were basically telling them to get out of the way. But that was definitely one of them, yes. <laughs> funniest how about, for me, how about you? Funniest for me was, I think everybody's favorite was the whole thing with C.D. Lamb. And, <laughs> I mean, hey, shout out to him. Kudos for him. Look, man, if if she tries to, you know, do something sneaky like that, you can't let her get away just because it's on TV. She tried to go through the man's phone without permission. He, she knew the rules. He took it back. You know, good move on him. Even his mom looked at her and said, you know, what are you doing? Like, you know better than that. So I thought that was hilarious. And then I don't, I forgot who it was, but um, it's probably not safe to say it on the show. But uh, somebody got drafted to the Eagles and his grandmother was celebrating with him. 
and they asked they asked them uh how do you feel about that and she's like we're going to f and philly and the whole family with nuts and i thought that was hilarious <laughs> hey you never know when you have kind of uh live television cameras like that and you know we're not you and i we're not used to being around the camera and, and neither were you know a, a lot of the family well probably all of the families weren't so you know you're just you're doing what you normally do in the house and you forget that the camera's there so <laughs> yeah well we, before we get into this i will say the most interesting situation that i saw that definitely leads more explanation would be what happened at jacob easton's house i don't know with him his brother and the girlfriend that whole situation uh if you don't know what i'm talking about just go look it up uh i think you'll find out pretty quickly why this is suspicious but yeah they uh i was reading that this was the highest rated draft i think maybe ever so yep. this is something they're definitely yep. looking to do probably going yeah. forth and i think it'll be for the best well, I think part of it before we we get into the topics today of the opening kickoff, I think JT, we got to admit a big part of the reason is there's no that was that in the WNBA draft have been the last two live events in the past month and six weeks. Oh yeah, so You're I think that's it. That's yeah, we're craving it. That was a huge reason for the ratings. I would be interested to see if they did it again this way. If the ratings would be that high next year. Hopefully after there have been, I think it would just events. because of the storylines. And now if they have a full year to plan for how they're going to do it, mm -hmm. I think it would be better. Uh, and also too, I heard some, and we'll get into this. I want one last point. I, I heard somebody make a good point that this was a good idea to let a lot of these guys who normally this is where they're grinding and they don't have time to be at home with their families. They actually allowed their families to be involved and in kind of like, take your kids to work day and like they can still be around their families and they can, these kids can get to see, Oh, this is why, you know, dad or mom's away from home all this time. And this is what they're actually doing. And for like the kids and the families to be involved. And in, I think is a good look for the NFL. And it's, I think that's a winning formula going forward. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was cool that they had their families involved and I think you're right. That's a great point you bring up. They get to actually see what their, their dad, what their family member does, but do we really believe in a year from now that, you know, some of these NFL they don't, they, they don't want the cameras in there too much. Well, not only that, but don't you think they're going to forget a little bit about what's going on right now and they're going to go back to the norm and they're going to feel like, hey, everyone's got to be in the war room. So I'm not totally sold, even though Sean Payton, you know, kind of hinted at, hey, we could do this a little bit more often. I still find it hard how control freaks some of these GMs, owners, coaches are that they'll allow that to happen when we're not in quarantine. So well, anything to get more Bill O'Brien meltdowns on camera, <laughs> I'm all for. That's your boy. That's your dude. <laughs> all right. So let's, let's let's get to why everybody came here. So let's get to the NFL draft and what actually happened. So uh, we're going to jump right into it. Donato, I want to know any round, any player, any team, who was the best pick of this draft to you? All right, I'm not saying this is the best player, but I'm saying the best pick, right? So yeah. a lot of it falls, and I'll explain why it's this. I think it's Tristan Wirfs to the to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was hard um, for me not to pick him. <laughs> sorry if I stole your pick. But I, I know you always got two or three guys, so we're good there. Actually, um, we got one, but go ahead. Ooh, me too. Okay. Um, so he – I thought he would be a top five pick – no later than a top 10 and most mock drafts had him at worst in the top 10. 
He slides to 13, not a huge slide, but when you go out of that top 10, now it's like, okay, what's going on here? And so the Bucs already have the weapons of receivers, tight ends. They didn't need another big skill guy. So getting that guy to protect Tom Brady, who I think is, was the best offensive tackle in the draft, draft to get him at 13, I, I think that's oh, why. Steal. And, and not have to trade up, I think that is why it's not only a steal, but the best pick um, because – now he's going to learn from Tom Brady too, which anytime he's on in the huddle, in practice, in the offensive team meetings with Tom Brady, it's only going to make him better for the future too. And he's got two years with Tom Brady. All right. I like that pick. I'm actually going to stick kind of close to that pick, and I'm going to pick the guy that he usually lined up in practice against at Iowa, and it's A.J. Epinesa. I think you, him going. You love, you, you've, you've been loving him. I did. And you know what? We talked about this before. I told you right after the combine when he put up all those, you know, bad test numbers that what was going to happen, he was going to fall in the draft and he did. But here's the thing you forget right before that combine, he was projected to be a top 10 pick from beginning of last season. So everyone thought he was going to be basically it was going to be him and Chase Young competing for who was going to be that first defensive player taken. And then obviously, you know, he tested poorly and then he dropped. Him lasting all the way until basically almost the end of the second round and going to a strong defense that's already there in Buffalo, I think that's an amazing, amazing pick. That's a, that's a definition of a steal. And when you think about it this way, and we kind of talked about this over the weekend over the phone, sometimes guys just don't test well and you just got to turn on the tape and they're just good football players because at the end of the day, yeah, he might not run a fast 40, but guess what? Somebody's got to line up against him every play and not get beat. And that's exactly what a lot of the guys who got drafted on Sunday said. A lot of guys said, who was the best player you went up against college? Lyman the Lyman. They were saying it was AJ. Even Tristan Wirfs, the guy who went in the first round, said, look, this is the guy that kicked my ass every day. He's the hardest guy I played against. And to get a guy like that in the second round is just an absolute steal. So, you well, know, I'm going to no, – Well, go real quick before we go to that, I agreed. I agree with you. So you just said both of those guys that we mentioned. Best yes, picks. I know. Kurt Ferentz. Okay, I, okay. I, I, I just you, wanted you I, to say. I was, I was trying to go past that. Yes, Kurt Ferentz, wherever you are, if you're listening to this, you are the greatest football coach of all time. I am sorry that I ever doubted you. And please, please <laughs> hear my apologies. Yes. Are you happy? Are you happy now? Yep. And uh, I believe it was with Mikey Mike. Mikey, Mike, you and I finally broke down JT for him to agree with us about. I don't Iowa. know. I don't know. So we're Bre good. Go Break ahead, JT. down is such a strong <laughs> word, but I'll, I'll let you have your moment. So let's, you. you know, I'm going to flip it around. Let's go. Who was, who was your worst pick? JT, can, I want you to go first on this one. I want to hear who you have. All right. So I actually have two on this and it's, it's for a specific, re specific reason. I have one as the pick itself was bad not necessarily a player. And then I have one that is a player. So the pick that I have that was the worst pick was the, it's no surprise. It was the Jordan love pick. Green Bay got the quarterback from Utah state in the first round. He's obviously a guy that we said was going to be a bust in this draft. We thought he was overrated, but for green Bay to use their first round pick on a position where they have supposedly one of the best guys in the league is just downright irresponsible. So that's gotta be the worst pick in my opinion. And then the worst player and this is not just because of the position they took, but just the stuff that's come out about him afterwards. And I'm hope I'm saying his name right. It's uh, the Patriots when they selected uh, Justin Warwasser. He's a kicker from Marshall. 
they took uh, first of all they took a kicker way too early and they took a guy who wasn't even considered the best at his position i mean i talked about this with you when it happened he was the first player that got drafted where espn made an announcement saying all right we've officially reached the first person that we don't have any highlight tapes on i'm like how like he plays at marshall you guys have no highlight tapes on him and also too you drafted a kicker way too early and he's already got controversy surrounding him did you hear what happened with him yeah i believe it was some social media post with some tattoos i believe yeah so reportedly he's got a tattoo on his left shoulder that they're not they haven't confirmed this is true but many think that it represents a, a white nationalist militia group called three percenters he hasn't denied that that's not what it is but basically what he's saying is i got it when i was young i don't really believe in that and if i have to cover them up i will like this just doesn't seem like something that bill belichick would be doing you know you got you've had to do your homework on this kid you reached for a kicker way too soon and then you're drafting the guy with character concerns like i think that to me that's got to be the worst pick well i i mean i don't know enough about that situation but I do know that he said in a conference call with reporters that he got the tattoo as a teenager because he thought um, because he has a lot of family members in the military and he thought it was military support symbol at the time. So uh, not to get into it more, cause I don't, you know, obviously we don't have, and if that's, here his, to if that's his explanation, I'll, I'll give, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Um, so I'm going to agree on the Jordan love pick. I didn't like, too, how you actually traded up to get mm -hmm. him. Um, so you gave up draft capital as well. Not only are you drafting someone, like you said, you already have one of the best QBs of all time at that position who's still, what, 36? So it doesn't mean his career and is was over. probably rolling his eyes for the remainder yes. of the night. I just want – they should – see, they should have a camera next year in certain players' homes, like when they draft a replacement for them potentially – like, I want a reaction for Aaron Rodgers when they made this pick. <laughs> they would never allow that. You oh, know please. That. <laughs> that, that's, that's worth so much viewers. They got to do that next year. He, yeah, you're right. More people would even watch. Um, and I'm not sold. This is your QB of the future, meaning Jordan Love. Like, we talked about how we thought that would be he's one of the overrated guys going into the draft because a lot of people had a first round. Uh, great on him. Great on him. So, I'm not sold. He's the right guy anyway. And not only are you trading up and you have Aaron Rodgers, but it's a first round pick. Ooh, and we'll get into a little bit more with this. And yeah, we're going to talk you know, about Jordan Love. We're, trust so, you, we're not going to make it out of here without right, breaking right. down the Green Bay situation. So, so the other guy I have is the pick. Again, it, not a reflection on the player. It's more of the pick because I'm not saying this is the worst player in the draft. He's not by far, but it's the Jalen Rieger pick of the Philadelphia you Eagles. Re you really hate that pick. Well, I remember when well, they made it, you texted me, you were like, oh, I hate this. Yeah, yeah. And that was one of the times that you and I were not on the phone because we probably were on the phone more this weekend than we, we ever have during a weekend. But it's because Justin Jefferson was still there. And wasn't Justin Jefferson one That's of your underrated? I, def I yeah. definitely think, it, he fell right to him. They should have made that pick. Exactly. And then what happens? Literally the next pick, he goes to the Vikings. So. I think they will regret that pick because of what Justin Jefferson does. I don't know if Rieger will be a bust or not. I'm not, I don't want to go that far, but I'm going to say Justin Jefferson has a much Higher better, upside. much better NFL career than Rieger does. Well, I agree with you on that because if I had to pick between those two guys of which one I think is going to be an alpha receiver in the league, it's Jefferson. And you got, it's the first round. You have to take the alpha.
Yeah, and I think you got to take the better overall player. And I just think Justin Jefferson showed that uh, this past season. My guy. So, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I love breaking these down. Who's your yeah. biggest steal? All right. I've got to go with. If I'm gonna stick with one, this would go be ahead and one. shock me because I feel like you, you're not you're not wowing me anymore. Shock me with something. Give me a real what, steal. What, what do you mean I'm not shocking you? You're not wowing me anymore. Give me I, a wow steal. I'm do not something. going out on the limb enough. Nah, do something. Come wow. on. Wow. Oh, don't worry. That that'll be coming up. No, I'm gonna go with if I gotta pick one, I'm gonna go with Josh Jones, the tackle from Houston. Oh, I like that um, one. That he went to the Arizona Cardinals in the third round. Some of some people had a for again going back to these grades jt prior to the draft a first round grade whatever that means yes mel kuyper said he was <laughs> going to go in the first round yes i know so he falls all the way to the third round in the cardinals a lot of people in including you were worried about them taking isaiah simmons not because simmons isn't a good player it's because you don't know how they're going to use them they need an offensive tackle well guess what they take care of that need in the third round with josh uh josh jones so I think that is why it was the biggest steal of the draft. If I got to go another one, um, I'll give you two quick receivers. I won't get into it too much. One of them had some controversy about two years ago. But Tyler Johnson, fifth-round pick out of University of Minnesota last year, a great year for Minnesota. And then the controversial one here would be um, uh, Cyphus from the University of Wisconsin – Remember, he was the one. Oh that, yeah, he he had the issue where uh, he was accused he was, of he was, he was sexual assault, sexual and then he beat assault. the case and came back. He which went. Is, to, you you don't hear about you know players beating their cases and coming right. back to school. That was amazing story. He went to trial while suspended from the um the school and the football team. Went to trial, found not guilty, even though a lot of uh, a lot of people or not a lot, but some people still thought he was guilty. But for the majority. The jury came back in like 45 minutes, not guilty. So anyway, you can think whatever you want with that situation, but he was found not guilty. And then he followed it up with a great season out of Wisconsin, fell to the fifth round. So that could end up being the biggest steal because he does have a lot of potential. I like both of those. I agree with you on the Josh Jones because I saw everywhere before this draft, they had him actually going to the Dolphins with that Austin Jackson pick. So uh to get a to get a first rounder in the third round is always a steal and i agree with you on those other ones to be honest with you i'm not gonna lie to you i only had one written down but since you wow. did more yeah i only had one written down since you only since you went more than one i might give you two but to me my biggest steal was um zach bond the wisconsin basically edge rusher that the saints stole in the third round he everywhere that i saw before this draft they were like oh at the very worst he's the end of the first round player and then before the second round started, everybody was all but convinced that the Bengals were going to take him with their first pick in the second round. And then to get that guy in round three is, I mean, that is the definition of a steal. I mean, he's going to probably walk in there, start and instantly improve their defense. So anytime you can get an impact player like that, and I don't even know why he slid that far, but you can get a guy like that on your team in the third round, you're going to be in good shape. And the same could be said about the tight end they got in the third round, too. Um, Troutman, he was considered the top tight end. I remember we were on the phone and saying, how did he fall this far? He's the number one rated tight end to get him in the third round as a steal, too. And then another guy I thought was a steal. Um, I know this broke your heart. This broke mine, too, because they picked him right before my Dolphins could. Uh, the Ravens getting J.K. Dobbins, man. That, was, that could prove to be 
probably the biggest deal in the draft. Him getting in there with Lamar Jackson in a, on a team that already is dominant with running the ball. I mean, that's a perfect fit. Yeah, I'm worried about that pick, but we'll see. You should <laughs> Time because, will tell. You should because they're going to run it down your throat for the next well, you 10 know, years. You know I am. Yeah. All right, so what was your biggest surprise? Um, I know I wasn't real clear on this, but it could be a, a pick or a situation. Just what, su- what surprised you the most in this draft? I'm going to go two things here, and one is a, a little jab at you. I can't believe Mason Fine was not drafted. How is Mason wow. Fine not drafted? You, according, you, you, you really is, had to dig deep how, for that one? How is this possible, according to JT? You bragged about him so much during the college football year, the college preview a college football preview show, Mason find this, that best QB in the land. You're gonna you're gonna see come April. Bro, who who drafted him? Can you tell me? What? Crickets? It was it All wasn't right. the Patriots, I'll so, tell you that. So should have. So beside that, that is definitely the biggest surprise. I the whole nation's talking about that right now. How Mason Fine was not drafted. This this is this is why this is why I consider you the biggest jerk that I know. That was so unnecessary. What do you mean? Oh, who's what's all right, whatever. We what's, hold what's, each other accountable. That's we what do? we do. <laughs> okay. Mason Rudolph. Anyway, but who what else is the biggest surprise? Um, I would say, even though I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but I think a surprise is the Steelers not taking a quarterback because I'm just surprised because of what happened last year with their quarterback situation. And a lot of people thought that they would take one in the draft. So um that's my other big surprise. Um, I like those except for the Mason one. Uh, <laughs> we don't don't make us talk about the other Mason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rudolph for Hall of Fame. Go ahead. We're running out of time. Let's go. Uh, my biggest surprise was that the Packers didn't select any wide receivers at all to help Aaron Rodgers out. Ooh, and they took, they took a good. running back who I thought was way overrated <laughs> in the second round when they already had two good to decent running backs on the roster. I just, I just don't understand what they're doing. We'll get to that later. But that probably surprised me the most. And then uh, a smaller one was University of Michigan had 10 players drafted. Ooh, look at that stat. Are you kidding me? I think they had the same amount of players as Ohio State. I think that's how much Ohio State had drafted was 10. Wow. That just tells me that it's time for Jim Harbaugh to go. There's 10 guys (laughs) that people thought had draftable grades and were good enough to spend the pick on, and they can't do better than what they're doing right now. Definitely a big surprise. That's, that's kind of like Miami a few years ago under Al Golden, where, yeah, they may not have had number one picks, even though they did with Eric Flowers. Um, they may not have had top picks, but we had, what, like six guys yeah. drafted or something? And you're like, wait, we where went, was, we went that seven and six. We went seven and six. How did we have six guys drafted? <laughs> All right. So I think you know what my answer is going to be for this next question. So if we happen to answer it the same way, it's all good. So I want to know which team won the draft, why they won it, and what was their best pick. All right, so I'll let you go first because I think I know who you've got. You already know. Go ahead and tell the world who I think won the draft. I would say JT is going to go Baltimore Ravens. Absolutely. And you know what's so funny? They do this every year. They just destroy the draft. And it's so funny that Ozzie Newsom's no longer there. And it's like he just left them the blueprint on how to do this. And I felt every pick they made this year was basically a home run. Like they, the guy, Patrick Queen, the linebacker from LSU in the first round, I literally saw 
the color drained from your face on the on the IG live feed when they <laughs> took him because you knew it was going to happen. They basically drafted CJ Mosley 2.0. And then we already talked about getting Domas in the second round right before my Dolphins. And you were literally on the phone with me saying, please just don't take him. <laughs> don't take him. Let him go to the Dolphins because if they get Dobbins, they will be a problem for the Steelers. And Dobbins, all you know, all joking aside, he was in talks to be the first running back taken any in the draft period. So for them to get him at the end of where I thought all those like highly rated running backs went, I thought was a steal. And then um, Justin Matabuke, the D tackle from Texas A&M in a third was a steal. He was projected to go in round two. And then to make matters worse for the Steelers, they got guys in the sixth and the seventh round that I think will develop into starters. So in the sixth, they got the wide receiver, James Prochet, who is the all-time leading receiver in every statistical category at SMU, better than guys like your boy Emmanuel Sanders, even Cortland Sutton. So they got that type of talent in the sixth round. And then the seventh round, they got my guy, who I've been on the bandwagon for, the safety Geno Stone from Iowa. Like anytime you can get a guy, guys like that that could potentially start in the later rounds, like you gotta consider them, you know, winning the draft. And then the best pick for me, I mean, I could pick any one of these picks, but I gotta go with the seventh rounder, Geno Stone, and you know why I love it. How do you get a ball hawk that has played that many games and started that many games at a power five conference in the seventh round? Like I just don't get that. So only the Ravens could pull that off. So to me, that's why they are the winners of the draft. Well, you know what I could say right there about yeah, Gino, I know, Gino I know, Stone, know. right? Gino Stone hey, from the hey. Pittsburgh area and the University of Iowa guy. <laughs> hey, all, all, all I can, all I, I can, all I can I'll say I'll stop is, bringing look, that up with Iowa and Kirk Ferentz. You made your apology. You admitted you were wrong. Hey, all I'm, I'm going to say is you better hope that Ben doesn't throw a pick six to Gino Stone because you already know <laughs> that know, your phone's going to be ringing. I know, and I won't be answering it. Um, uh, what JT said about IG Live, we want to give a shout out and a thanks to all of the people that joined us Thursday night, first round of the draft on IG Live. Thank you. We appreciate the support and the questions and a couple of you actually willing to come on IG Live. We know that's not an easy thing. I know. So show your you. faces with us. Yeah. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, JT, I got an honorable mention of the Indianapolis Colts winning the draft, but – Mm-hmm. my team is not the Ravens it well no plus I knew you were gonna pick them but I can't go Ravens um even though I they want to draft I kind of <laughs> do but no I truly believe this is the team that won it it's another team dressed in purple it is the Minnesota Vikings they had 15 picks so right there you have the quantity part of it that's crazy JT 15 picks and then their best pick Justin Jefferson. We've already discussed that. So he replaces Stefan Diggs, right? They needed someone to replace Diggs. They got him. They needed someone to replace Xavier Rhodes and some of that help in the secondary. They did with not one, not two, but three cornerbacks led by their first pick of cornerbacks, which was Gladney. Then they grabbed your boy, Ezra Cleveland, that you were talking about. I wanted the Dolphins to take him with that second round pick so bad. So they got him, and that was their third pick. That wasn't even their their pick in the um their their second overall pick was Gladney. Cleveland came third, I believe. And then they got our Miami guy, KJ Osborne. Then they got my dude Kenny Willickis. And then on top of that, 
I think they may have found a Tom Brady asking. I'm not saying he's Tom Brady. What I'm saying is you're saying he, he's Tom Brady. No, no, no. I'm saying he's a guy that gives you value and that you could use as a backup in the future. Uh-huh. And that's Nate Stanley, a Big Ten guy from Iowa, not going to make any mistakes. Three sport athlete in high school. There you go. And they reinforce their defensive front seven. And you know, Mike Zimmer in Minnesota is all about defense. So that's why I truly believe Minnesota did win the draft over Baltimore. And you'll truly say any team to just not give the Ravens credit. <laughs> it's cool. I get it. Steeler pride. So flip the script on this. Who was the team that you thought blew it on draft day? And why did they blow it? And what was the worst pick? I kind of want you to go first because I feel like you mean this question should mean excluding the Packers, right? Actually, I was going to say excluding the Patriots because I think they blow every draft. So So uh, you go first. You go first this time. I want to hear what you got. All right, cool. I'll go with the Seattle Seahawks. And oh, I'll tell you, you stole my pick, but go ahead. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you, that's funny. So I'll tell you why. And it's it's not just this draft. I just feel like they do this every year where they reach for some guy in the first two rounds that they could have gotten in like round three or four. And you see it. And this year, I, I don't I don't want to crap all over Jordan Brooks. I actually think he's a good player, but a lot of people had him going like that late second, early third round at best. And the guy they took in the second round, uh, Daryl Taylor, the defensive end, I thought he was a reach too. They could have gotten him in the third round where a lot of experts thought he was going. And you just this just fits into what they do. Like, if you look at their first round picks from like the past few years, we already talked about offline about Rashad Penny. That was a reach. Nobody thought he was a first round pick. Their, la- their pick last year in the first round, that uh, LJ Collier dude from TCU, I didn't even know who the hell that was. And they took him in the first round. And then it goes back to, like, guys like uh, Jermaine Ifedi. Like, they always do this, and I don't get it. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I do like they drafted your boy DJ Dallas in the fourth. But overall, they should have loaded up on offense for Russell Wilson early in this draft. And there were so many highly rated, not only just offensive talent, but defensive impact players still on the board, like Xavier McKinney and, you know, Epinesa, guys that we've already said are going to be really good players, like uh, even uh, Trevon Diggs, a lot of guys still on the board that were first-round impact players, and they chose not to help him at all at running back, receiver, or offensive line, or not even tight end. So to me, that's got to be the worst draft, in my opinion. I think they blew it. And then the worst pick that they made to me was the second-round pick, the uh, Darrell Taylor, the guy from uh, Tennessee. They moved up 11 spots and gave up their compensatory pick to get a guy that they could have had in the third round. That's got to be the definition of blowing the draft. Man, I should have went first because I had all of that with the Seahawks. That was a typical. Ditto. Ditto. That was there that was a go. typical John Schneider uh, draft, right? <laughs> so, all right, I won't waste too much time. I'll give some honorable mentions. I would say the Packers, and we're going to get into it a little bit more in the next one. So, I don't want to get spend more more time with it so I'm gonna go Packers because I don't like the Jordan Love or the AJ Dillon pick or really any of their picks for what they actually need and then one other guy they picked Garvin didn't they you like that pick I do but one other honorable so yeah I take that back all of the picks except one (laughs) um an honorable mention which I've seen a lot of analysts give an A grade for their draft The Carolina Panthers, and this is the only reason why I'll say that, JT, is, and I like the Derrick Brown pick. 
they're the first team since the 85 Browns to pick all defensive players, not one offensive player in the draft. That hasn't happened since 85. You sure about that? Yep. Wow. So you are not tanking for Tua because you've got Teddy Bridgewater and you're going to win enough games not to get uh, But they Tre- have offensive Trevor weapons, Lawrence. though. They do have offensive weapons, though. They have McCaffrey. They got DJ Moore. They got Curtis Samuel. So, I mean, they need help on defense. So, I mean, but, but to but not JT, draft one offensive player, I get you. But JT wasn't part of their issue to not scoring enough points. So Yeah, because they had Kyle Allen. <laughs> but you don't have Cam anymore either. Like, is there enough there for Teddy to actually win? To go all defense, that's my only issue. You're not going to give any – what if – what if one of those guys gets hurt? That's the thing. NFL is all about death. And that mm-hmm. is the problem right now with Carolina. And I just, to not bring in one offensive guy, come on. I agree. I agree. Yeah, you got to get some new offensive blood in there. But we'll see what happens. You Did you really pick Seattle or are you just messing around? I, I've got it right here. John Schneider does this every year reaching at first round without giving Wilson help. Reach, and I pro- Reached guys. with Jordan Brooks at LB. All right wasting russell's prime years that's what i have written down we agree. And i promise we we do not compare notes at all because i don't want this guy to know what i'm thinking so he can <laughs> steal my steal my stuff that's funny that you wrote that down so let's let's go to speaking of wasting prime years so let's go to uh two moves that really kind of like got a lot of attention so the packers trading up to get jordan love and then the eagles in the second round drafting jalen hurts at quarterback so both of these moves were pretty crazy and I kind of want your reaction on these. So let's go with Love first. Remember, he was taken at number 26, and they traded their number 30 pick in a fourth round to move up four spots to get Jordan Love in the first round. What's your overall reaction to that situation? I thought it was bad at the time, and I still think it's bad. And, JT, this is the funny stat of it all, all right? They have never taken a first-round skill position player since Rodgers was drafted. Oh, All right. That, that's a bad look. And they still haven't because they basically are get, drafting his replacement here. But what happens the first year Mike McCarthy leaves and goes to Dallas? McCarthy drafts CeeDee Lamb, offensive skill position player that's really good. Aaron Rodgers has to be sitting there like, what is going on here? And so, so many people want to stick it to him, and it's so obvious right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to who? Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. So many people just want to stick it to him. It's like, like you said, McCarthy's like, you know what? You want offensive help? I'll show you what offensive <laughs> help looks like. I, I just don't like it at all because you are saying that we are already looking to the future. And the worst problem is, JT, they traded up and got rid of draft capital for this. And I'm not sold, Jordan. I'm not sold that Jordan Love is that guy to be the heir apparent. So we both feel that way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I don't get it because you're wasting the last couple of years. And who knows? Who knows what can happen? And I understand they're planning for the future, but you, I, I just, there's something wrong about it where mm-hmm. you still have some time with Aaron Rodgers and, I just it's a little bit different like you got to win now with Aaron Rodgers and this doesn't help my reaction to this is this is cringy is that a word <laughs> it, I think it is that's exactly what this yeah. is and uh kind of to piggyback off of you I just think this just shows that 
the Packers are ready for life after Aaron Rodgers. And this is no different than when they drafted Rodgers when they still had Brett Favre in house. No, no, no. That's- I, I think it is different because the difference was this Packers team with Devontae Adams can still get to the Super Bowl. And, and the other thing is, remember, he fell. Aaron Rodgers fell. You can't pass up the best player in the draft when he falls like that or one of the best. JT, they moved up to a guy that probably was going to get into the second round. I think he would have fell a little bit further than that. but Okay, that's the <laughs> difference. It is, it is different. And, well, you bring up good points. And then back to, you know, I've been on record with how I feel about Rodgers and saying that for the past maybe like five years, I feel like he's been overrated and he's in decline. And I think people are really starting to believe that and they're starting to see it. And I think the organization is finally ready to begin moving on because he's getting to the point where his arrogance and his attitude isn't matching his production any longer. So when you start to get to that level, people just, just the leash gets a little shorter. And I feel like they, from what they think, they went out and just basically drafted a bigger, faster, stronger arm. Definitely not a better, better quarterback, better accuracy, but they went, they went and basically drafted a bigger, faster, stronger version of Aaron Rodgers. And that's what they think they're getting in him. I don't, obviously I don't think that's going to, what's going to ultimately happen, but that's what I think they think that they're doing. But let's go to this. To me, this was shocking when it happened, but we had no idea what was going to happen in the second round when the Eagles took Jalen Hurts with the 53rd overall pick. And I'm like, I thought I thought it was like a like a typo or something like you know like they <laughs> like when you announce the wrong picture wins the Oscars like who messed this up? What is your reaction to the Eagles with Wentz still in house picking a quarterback in the second round? Talk about wanting to have cameras in homes of the players in the oh, NFL he, already. He Carson Wentz that orange. would have been that would have been an interesting one. Um, you know, JT, we may disagree here. Okay, I my reaction is smart I like it and I'll tell you why go ask the Steelers last year if they wish they had a quarterback like this to take over the team when Ben got hurt all right they would have loved to have a Jalen Hurts over what now we saw with Rudolph and Duck Hodges and then the other thing too that is who did they win the Super Bowl with JT was it Wentz or the backup we know that and that that's probably what drove this pick I agree with you and then yeah, and then this is the other thing. Carson Wentz can't stay healthy. We've seen it. And now it's not just, oh, it's but one. That's not, but that's not one, fair, though. Hold we on, talk, hold we talk, hold No, on. that's not fair. We talked about this. This I, la- yes, That last hold, playoff game was a cheap on. shot that he got hold, knocked out of. Hold on, hold on. It's, it's starting to become a trend, all right? The torn ACL and then the cheap shot. Listen, JT, sometimes these things happen. And guess what? This is different than the Packers. You've got to now presume this is going to happen. If it doesn't and Wentz stays healthy, great. You still have a good backup that maybe you could trade later. Mm-hmm. But but you are now set. If you feel your team is good, and this was not a first-round pick, this is why I like it. And did they trade up for Hurts? I don't believe so. So what I like is they are now planning that, hey, we still have a good Super Bowl-caliber contending team but now, if Wentz goes down, even though we don't have Foles, we believe Hurts can still be the guy. And that is why it's smart, and I actually like it after my initial reaction was like, what are they doing? So I've, I've changed my opinion on that. 100% disagree with you. And if you – I know you haven't watched it, but, guys, if you don't watch the Nothing NFL series on Amazon, I recommend you go watch it. It's, it's really good. It's basically hard knocks, but better and for the entire season. 
and the Eagles are on it this season. And if you watch that, you see exactly what happened with them. They didn't have any weapons and they couldn't stay healthy as a team. Carson Wentz was the only guy to stay healthy up until that point where he got cheap shotted by Clowney in the playoff game. And I'm just really baffled, to be honest, by this, this pick because they just gave Wentz a $100 million extension and he's still in his prime. Why not get him more weapons? You just made that same case for Russell Wilson. But I know why you made it for Russell Wilson, because you just want him to be in the MVP race next year so you can run your mouth. But it's the same thing with Wentz. You got to get him help. You j- so the thing that I've been hearing is, and I didn't hear you say this, the thing that I've been hearing from everyone is they drafted Jalen Hurts because they want to try to copy what New Orleans has been doing with Taysom Hill. And how is that helping your $100 million quarterback? Like, how's that helping your investment? It's not. And if anything, I think this move is bad, not just from the team perspective and a financial perspective, but this could really damage Wentz's psyche and mentally set him back now that he's already got a highly drafted backup quarterback just waiting for him to, you know, maybe maybe he's a little bit more sore this game or, you know, he misses this game with something or he struggles out of the gates. And you said it yourself. You know how the fans are in Philly. The best player on the team, the most favorite player on the team is the backup quarterback. This is a this is bad all around for Wentz, and I don't understand why they yeah. did this. And this scares me I, I too. I disagree. This scares me too because this kind of maybe adds to the validity of those rumors we've been hearing that the locker room really hates Carson Wentz and they hate his attitude. And Even better for why you would bring in Jalen Hurts. But here's the thing. You think Jalen Hurts is going to be better than Carson Wentz? It's not about that. Was Nick Foles better than Carson Wentz? For one game. Oh, I would disagree. For one, one game. game. Did you see those three games in the play? What's it matter? Those are the three games you needed him for, and good thing you did. If not, they would not have a Super Bowl. I think this is a very dangerous move they're making but, because it would be it would have been different if they would have made this move and he he just was not starting this huge contract because nobody's going to take this on. But you're a, you're looking at it as the Jordan Love thing where they're drafting Hurts to replace Wentz. They're not. This is insurance. That's then why, why you I make backup. that pick. It's a second round pick. It's got if if, because if, it's, he's not, gonna, if it's not if it's not a starter, it's got to be a pick that's made to help a starter. Who's who's their backup right now before Hertz got there? Uh, yeah. Was it uh, yeah. McCown? It was McCown. Yeah, you really want to go into he, the season? He almost with, won that. He almost won that game. Come on, you want to go into the season with that guy? This is their whole point of drafting. That's why I'm it's not, called I'm a not, back. Hold on, Look, let me I'm, let me rebut your your points. You've made your points clear, and I understand. Such an it. Attorney, go ahead, re, 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 rebut my argument. You say it's about oh that they're 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 bringing him in for what? It's called a backup for a reason. He's their insurance policy. They didn't think they'd get him in the third or the fourth, so they felt they needed him then, which is fine with me because again. You're not going to win with McCown. You could win with Foles. You're not going to win with McCown. And he'll tell you, JT, he was traveling Friday night to go to coach his high school team. Oh, I saw that. I know. Okay, that, that guy, he's not invested. All right? You have to have a guy that's going to be there to win. And they're not trying to replace Wentz. But to your point, his psyche, let me tell you something, Carson Wentz. If Jalen Hurts scares you, you're not going to make it in the NFL mentally. You're not right? going to make it in and, Philly. <laughs> and then the exactly, that's even a better point. And then the other thing with that is, JT, competition is what breeds greatness. There's no doubt about that. 
So right, this may right. he's, may he's not Michael Jordan. I this you, may but. make Carson Wentz better. And then the third point. Let's go back to his history of injuries. Huh? October 2015, hand wrist fracture. August 11th, 2016, chest rib fracture. December, we know what happened in 2017 with his knee. October 2018, his back fracture. And then we saw in the playoff game, not all of it's his fault, but JT, you've got to say, hey, we've got to prepare for these situations. And that's why it's a smart move. Philly is preparing for it. Uh, I think it's a dangerous, dangerous game. But with that being said. Hold on. Okay, go ahead. Because I have a question for you, but go ahead. No, go ahead. What's your question? Okay. My question is just what's your what was your favorite pick? Maybe it was a Dolphins pick or some other team, but just what was your favorite pick of the draft? Just oh, as a fan. That's tough, man. I'll give you mine while you think. I've got I've got two. I've got, you know, the Alex Highsmith one, the Steelers taking taking oh, my dude. Yeah, no, you couldn't shut from, up about that one. From Charlotte. <laughs> and then the other one is uh the running back, Jason Huntley, that went to the Lions. I think that's kind of an exciting little pick there that kind of went under the radar. And we could, we could maybe hear about this guy making some exciting highlight reel plays. I think I got three favorite picks and they're, it's, they're all like in bunches. One, my favorite, one of my favorite picks was every pick that the Patriots made because I don't know (laughs) who any of those guys are. And then another one was uh, the running back uh, McFarland that went to the Steelers. I think he's going to turn out to be a really good player for you guys. And then I liked every player that the Steelers drafted from William and Mary. Those are my favorite picks. <laughs> wow. All right, go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, so, going to knock the Steelers. No, so I was going to ask you, so we're talking about love and we're talking about hurts. Which one of these guys actually has a chance to be good in your opinion? I think it's hurts because there's no pressure there. He's learning from Doug Peterson and They've shown that they like to try to get different weapons, whether free agency or uh, through the draft, even though they're, you know, not always making the best move. But I I think it's hurts. He gets to learn. And and I think that's a huge thing for a lot of these guys that guys like Rosen didn't get a chance to. And he's going you always talk about this, JT, going to the best situation in the best situation right now. I think between the two is Philadelphia. So I've got to go. I like his chances better than Jordan Love. Plus, I I do think at the end of the day, Hurts is the better quarterback. Ooh, okay. I mean, I guess I can't argue yes or no on that. We'll see. But I'm actually going to go with Jordan Love, and I'll tell you why. I think that the Packers are going to be moving on from Rodgers by 2022 at the latest. And I think that kind of goes to what I was saying earlier and what I've been saying all along. The Packers are starting to realize they think he's washed, Rodgers, I mean, and they might get smart and decide we got to move him while we can still get a major return if we trade him while he still has name, value, and recognition in the league. I think this move is like signaling the end of Rodgers and they're ready to get rid of him. All right. Okay. Are you done with that? Are we finally done with Oh, yeah, that's it. We'll talk, we'll talk more about them in a minute. We'll Don't talk more. Yep, yep. All right, so our halftime adjustments, JT, we're going to go into, and I know this is definitely your category. You definitely brought this up in the production meeting. This is your type of topic. Players that slid in the draft, all right? 
So why did these players you why do you think these players uh, why slid? the slide? Why, why the, the slide? Why the slide? Let's go first. Jerry Judy, why do you think he slid a little bit? Well, first, you know me and you have been going back and forth about this, and it was who's better, him or CD Lamb. And I told you I just something about Lamb I just like better. I just think he's more explosive with the ball in his hand. But yeah, but CD Lamb still went behind yeah, Judy, did he? He not? did he did, he did. But this is this is why I think Judy slid. One, I just don't I thought that people are starting to perceive that. Yeah, he's not he's not the biggest, he's not the fastest, he's just like a tech t- like like a technician. And I think that's why Ruggs went first to the Raiders because he's got the speed and they can work with that. But you remember I told you the night before the draft, a report came out that a pair of teams back at the combine expressed concerns about Judy's left knee that he had surgery on in 2018. And I even read, I, and this is dangerous, I read an article where they used the words Todd Gurley. So you know. When you use those two words and the knee is involved, that's that's going to be enough to scare anybody. So I think that's a, a reason why he slid. And then also, too, like I said, I just didn't think he was explosive enough to be a top 10 pick. Like people were always mocking him to be the first receiver taken and be taken high. And this goes also another reason I thought he slid was this is what could be happening. And I know you disagree with me on this. I think that people when i say people i mean scouts i think that they're finally starting to get over how they perceive alabama players when they come into the league because they're coming into the league with you know injuries extensive injury histories i think they're starting to come into the league with like an overrated hype especially the wide receivers because if you look at julio jones who by all accounts would have been a freak anywhere he went. Alabama didn't make him. And then maybe Omari Cooper. Other than that, what other wide receiver has come from Alabama that's been great? Well, remember, too, though, this is really the first class of receivers that have played under that new offensive system in with Tua. True. So there's a difference. All those athletes at Bama, none of the receivers have really panned out other than those two I just mentioned. I just that's think because that, that's because before this class, they weren't really known as the school of receivers besides Julio Jones. So it's not like teams are going to Calvin Ridley. Really, hey, Calvin Ridley, people people took him in the first round. They thought it was good. Yeah, but he Omari has, Cooper, Amari Cooper before he got to da- before he got to Dallas. They, they were making, like, oh, he's inconsistent. You're making the argument against yourself. You just named three great receivers. And they're from Alabama, and they're still young. Meaning Cooper and Ridley. You're writing off Ridley like he's like he's. Trash. I'm not. I'm not writing off Ridley, but there's a reason he wasn't taken in the top ten. That's what I'm saying. So he's he's a good player. Don't get Does, me wrong. Yeah, it but, doesn't mean he's not good. But he wasn't nearly as hyped up as Judy was. But I just think that the injury concerns, and I think that people are not uh, not overvaluing Bama players as much on offense as they used to. All right. He slid because the Raiders were being the Raiders. Let's face it. They love the speedster. Doesn't matter what type of... 49ers didn't take him either. They, they, They traded back. Doesn't matter what type of receiver they are because the Raiders should have went Jerry Judy. That's why um, he fell. And I think the Raiders will regret that. So next your boy, which again, I don't know why this guy's on this list. Antoine Winfield Jr. Why is he on this list? He didn't even really slide. But go ahead. Why did he slide, JT? I know you want me to ask you. I I honestly don't know why he slid. Because <laughs> he I'm, didn't. He didn't slide. I'll tell you why he slid. He didn't. He went where people thought he would go. Potentially late first round, the early second round. That's where he went. 
Okay, cool. All right, who's next? Who's but, the next person? But go ahead, go ahead. I know you want to give your opinion. No, I on don't. It. I, I, I literally have nothing written down under his name because I don't know. Okay. See, why did, why did you in the production meeting want him on this list then? Ah, you could have took, you could have taken him off. All right, I'm taking him off now. Okay. Another guy. Why is J.K. Dobbins on this list? Why did he slide? Why do you even think he is considered a slide? I thought he did slide because we. I think we texted about this. I thought that he was the last running back in that group of guys that they thought could be like the top tier first round. He was the last one to be drafted out of all those guys. So like DeAndre Swift, uh, Edwards Hilaire, like that group. I think I think the reason he slid and Baltimore might have gotten a steal is because I don't think teams are sold on him not being a product of Ohio State. And yes, he put up great stats, but he's not really a great athlete. And he's not really, you know, that explosive runner, like long speed that, you know, if I'm going to take you like in the first round as a running back, like you got to have all this stuff. And I don't know if teams really view him as a true three down back. And I'm assuming that the scouts, when they looked at him, they're like, you know what? He's not Zeke Elliott. He's more of a guy like a Chris Carson who you love, but like you don't take guys like Chris Carson in the first round or like early in the second round. And you put all that together I think some I think a lot of teams are just like, you know what, we just can't waste a top 40 pick on a running back when we got other guys like, you know, Swift and those guys and even Jonathan Taylor on the board still. So I think that's why Dobbins slid. Well, I don't think it was a big slide at all either. I I don't think he even slid. Obviously, you love creating controversy and drama. Wow, that's that, that's a harsh statement. His grade was what a mid to uh, a second round mid to late and he was taken in the late second round granted I think Baltimore did get a really good pick there but if you're gonna put any running back up here why is it not DeAndre Swift not being the first running back taken I mean yeah, that I mean, that I mean would but be, he got he, that he, got, he a, got there's like a pick separating him and Edwards Hilaire so that's like a that's like a matter of scheme fit okay so it's not much of a you could say the same thing with Dobbins on, on all those other teams that passed him up it was I don't because think they the, didn't need a running back or they didn't see him fitting that scheme. I just don't think the Ravens thought he would ever be there at that pick. Well, I, I definitely do think they thought that because, I mean, no, because not, they, they would have traded up if they really wanted him. They legitimately so they said, thought he would get there. They were legitimately saying that when he was there, we were surprised. They weren't even planning to take him. They were like, we couldn't believe he was there. When we saw that he was still on the board, we had to take him. So they were shocked. Quit trying to create controversy and drama. Let's go to the next guy, Jacob Eason. Uh, you know, this is my guy. I thought, uh, <laughs> I thought he would go much earlier, but the fact that he didn't go earlier, it was great, uh, entertainment for us. Um, I think the reason that he slid was he's just not athletic. Um, you know, obviously today's quarterbacks have to be athletic and have the ability to move around. He's a statue. That kind of quarterback is dying in the league. And then, you know, there were reports that came out that, you know, he had attitude problems and two things that scared me that, uh, Chris Morton said that ESPN said, he said, uh two words accountability issues and he had multiple other character flaws so when i hear a quarterback having accountability issues that kind of scares me because that means the teammates hate him and he's just throwing everybody under the bus and i think that's why he slid okay very good i mean i'm gonna go with a little bit of that but then i think that he's just not quite that mobile in the nfl game has changed changed and, and I think that's a huge thing. And then another thing just in the back of my mind, and I don't know if this is what GMs or player personnel or coaches see, but, you know, when he lost that job to Fromm, hey, man. You've been pushing this. Go back. Talk about creating controversy. Hey, go back. 
Look at the film. Get better. And it ain't like Fromm came in there as Jameis Winston, man. Like, you could have overtaken Fromm to get your job back and be at Georgia. That's really where you want it to be. And if you really think that you're better, all right? So get back. Maybe he's worried about competition. And listen, there's got to be something to it because if you're the QB, you want a QB. Look at Jalen Hurts. He stayed that year after Tua took the job. And why? He prepared himself for that SEC championship game. He knew his time would come. And what did he do? He stepped up. So not only was he not scared of the competition, but he stayed mentally prepared. And he stayed a leader, meaning Jalen Hurts. And that's what you want to see. Maybe some guys don't see Eason as that type of leader. Yeah. And maybe that is why, because we always say one of the big things Belichick likes, decision-maker, leader of his quarterbacks, and maybe that's why they didn't take Eason. Yeah, he probably didn't want another Ryan Mallett. <laughs> all right, so, JT, all right, this might be the last time we touch upon this one. Since the Packers moved up to select Jordan Love, does Aaron Rodgers have the right to be upset with that pick? Oh, absolutely, because to me, this is this is why, because this is exactly what's going on. So the, the organization, I've already said, is making plans to move on soon. And this is like when, like, you're in a relationship or you have a wife or you have a girlfriend, and all of a sudden that girlfriend, you, you know this, that girlfriend starts, you don't know this personally, but I'm saying, like, you've heard this. This, uh, this girlfriend, like, they just start acting different. They're not talking to you as much as they used to, or like they weren't working out before. And all of a sudden, you know, they got this like gym membership. They're working out every day. What does that usually mean? That means a breakup is coming soon. So if we're going to, if we're going to stick with the same analogy, the Packers are the girlfriends in this relationship. And most women do not move on from a relationship without a replacement plan already in place. Enter Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers, if you're listening, I'm telling you, Jordan Love is the new friend that she's telling you not to worry about that turns into the next boyfriend. I'm telling you, it's time to start exploring other options because the Packers aren't just flirting anymore. They got an in-house replacement and you are about to get dumped. I'm telling you, go look elsewhere for a new job. Wow, what an analogy. That might be the best analogy we've had on the show in the history, in our 45-episode history of JT and the Don. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> I mean, if you have anything to come back, I'm, that's exactly what's happening. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I'll just say this. I agree with you. I think he should be upset, and I think the fans should be upset too. I mean, come on. And then Lafleur comes out and says, Oh, Aaron Rodgers is our QB for a long time in the future. What? If so, there was no need to trade up. I mean, it's crazy. Like, this is terrible. I I don't know. I, I would be pissed if I was Aaron Rodgers. I told you that stat before. You never got me a first-round skill position. And you would have got I, sorry, sorry <laughs> quarterback and a sorry running back. And you traded up for him? Come on. Uh, all right, on to the next. Are we finally done with that topic overall? We're finally done with that topic overall, JT, with Jordan Love. All right, so let's let's move on. <laughs> I, feel, I, feel, I feel like that question made you a little nervous. You okay? Yeah, no, I'm okay. Um, all right, so Patriots didn't take the QB. So Bill Belichick has come out and said that not drafting a QB, it wasn't by design, meaning that, you know, they – probably were looking at quarterback just didn't quite fit 
So do you believe him, JT? Absolutely not. And you know why. <laughs> <laughs> they had multiple chances to draft Eason, uh, uh, Jake Fromm, and they passed. Uh, it's like I said, he's tanking for Trevor Lawrence next season. And he's going to do what I want the Dolphins to do. And they're, they're, they're going to go on another dynasty run. Like, this is, this is Bill Belichick at his finest. And it's even scary because he's so smart that he realizes that, hey, we've had so much success that I have the luxury of being patient to do what I want to do. And the fans are going to go through a shitty season if that's what we're going to have next year. Because what's waiting on the other side of my plan is probably going to basically pick up what we had before. So, yeah, I definitely do not believe him. I think this was on purpose. You know, I'm going to believe him because... Because that's what people do when Bill Belichick says anything. <laughs> I truly believe he's comfortable with Jared Stidham. And if someone did follow to them, meaning like, you know, it was the right spot, the right evaluation on the guy, then they would have taken the QB. And we just said why possibly Jacob Eason fell. So why would Bill Belichick want that? Um, but it just was not the right moment compared to who was still on the board. I, I do believe that because you know how picky Belichick is with selecting quarterbacks. Yeah, well, I guess I did hear somewhere that somebody compared Jacob Eason to the uh, the Pacific Joe Flacco. So maybe he just doesn't want that quarterback. You're right. Wow. All right. So got to go to your Dolphins. JT. Oh, this, oh so, I couldn't I could so, wait for this so, topic. So he always flips it on me. Oh, this is a, this is a JT topic. <laughs> I, I'm the, I couldn't when you sent this to me I couldn't even read all this crap that you sent over it I'll had, break it, it down had, for it you had, it had so many numbers and <laughs> hashtags and bookmarks that I was like I knew he wrote this topic this is like something he really wanted to talk about so go ahead break it down for everyone I'll break it down for everyone so the Dolphins we know they traded last year they traded Minka Fitzpatrick to the Steelers. You don't have All to right. keep reminding us. Along with a fourth round pick in this year's draft in a seventh in 2021. In return, their big uh, component was they got the 18th overall pick this year and a fifth round pick this year. All right. So essentially with those picks, they selected Austin Jackson and Jason Strobridge. All right. Now, they also traded, prior to the Minka trade, Laramie Tunzel, along with a fourth-round pick in this year's draft, all right? And in return, they got the 26th overall pick this year and a first and a second next year, all right? So basically, with that pick, they selected – and I'll let you say the guy's last name. They selected the secondary guy. Oh, no, the, the, the Festus Iguanagi guy? They selected Noah, okay – I, I'm not even going to attempt his last name at the number 30 pick because they traded the number 20. The, they trade. Hey, way to go. Thank you. They traded the number 26 pick to the Packers. So then they got, not only did they get the number 30th pick, which they, they took the cornerback, but they got number 136 from the Packers. But then they traded that to the Houston Texans and the number 141 pick 
for number 111. So basically, let me let me break it down this way, JT. Please, because my head Texans, is about to explode. The Texans got back their fourth round pick from the Dolphins. And who did Bill O'Brien draft with that? So so it doesn't matter. That's so essentially, the real question. hold on. Essentially, you traded Laramie Tunzel for the number 30th pick in the draft. And number one eleven, and you selected, you selected Noah at number thirty and Solomon Kinley for number one eleven. So you traded Minka and Tunzel for Austin Jackson, Jason Strobridge, Solomon Kinley, and Noah. That's pretty. That's is, breaking is there, it down. Is there a question? Is there the a question, question is, as a Dolphins fan, was the tr- were the trades worth it? Um, defend your team because they look bad right now well i mean obviously the immediate reaction is no because minka's an all pro and laramie tunsil's getting paid like one so i I feel like i know why you're asking this question but no but i mean to in, in my opinion just with that being aside i just think no because i thought we had an opportunity to still get trevor lawrence next year so if we were making these picks and that Tua pick wasn't made and that number five pick went to a another impact player somewhere of need for us, I would probably feel a little bit different, but because we got a quarterback and then this is the rest of the talent that we got, I got to say, when you look at it that way with those two guys in Tunsil and Minka, I got to say, no, it's not worth it. But flip side, I love Flores. You love him too, which means we got to trust his process and he's building basically what the Patriots do. And so far I like what he's doing. So I got to go along with it, but it's hard to say it was a good move because like the guys we traded away are blowing up on their new team. So yes, my immediate reaction is no, it was not worth it. Yeah. It's, it's a big definite. No, it was not worth it, but you can trust the process, but you're allowed to question it. Right. And that's what's happening here because the, the, the part of the, the part of this, this process that I question, like I actually like the Solomon Kinley pick uh, the Noah pick, you know how we feel. We're kind of split. Cause we don't really know a lot about him. Some guys say he's a, it's a really good pick. Some but, guys say it's not. Strobridge, I don't like North Carolina players. I don't think they're that good. And then I'm kind of iffy about the Austin Jackson, but I, I will get, I will, I will give him um, uh, a fair shot because I did not know this because they were saying he had a down season last year at USC, but it was because prior to the season he donated bear, uh, bone marrow to his sister, so that's why he had a down season. So the like the offensive lineman picks if Jackson does bounce back to what he was before I like those three picks so we definitely need that uh but uh it's still hard I mean Minka's a monster well you just said it like we don't know what Noah is and and that's the problem right that's the problem when you trade all pro guys that are in their literally their second year he's still on his rookie contract the Steelers have Minka because of the fifth year option they have him three more years JT so even if he's blowing up, he's there for three more years. That's the problem. You know the commodity or you know what you have in Minka that you don't know about Noah. So you eventually traded Minka for Noah and Strobridge, which you got to take Noah or you got to take Minka right now. And then Tunzel for Austin Jackson, Kinley in a first rounder next year, an unknown pick. And who knows where that's going to be. If the, Tekken, if the Texans make the playoffs again, you're drafting in the 20s. And you just said it. You're saying, well, I would have liked this if they didn't take Tua. So basically you're saying that these accumulation of players, the only way they'll be good is they need a quarterback. 
So really, these guys are bringing no value to the team now or in the future. They're replaceable. And Minka and Tunzel are more of impact players. Yes, you're right. I think they're all a terrible picks. I think they'll be out of the league in four years. Is this what you want to hear me Yeah, say? that's what I wanted to hear. All right, there we go. Move on. Because you kept defending the Minka and the Tunzel trade. Because I thought that the Dolphins were going to follow this plan, which I think they just they got too excited too fast. They and could Bill, have followed the plan with Minka and Tunzel. It wasn't like they were the going mi- to win the Super the Bowl. Mi- the, 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 tun- right the, Tunzel, the Tunzel situation, and then I won't spend too much time on this. The Tunzel situation, I think that what they realized was we weren't going to be able to afford – what he was going to be commanding uh, and J- still build a good team. Hold on, JT. Then the same thing could be said with Trevor Lawrence, because by the time you draft him, your team's not ready to win a Super Bowl. By the time his first contract is up, you're going to have to pay him more than what Dak is going to get. You're going to have to pay him more than what Mahomes is. But How do you be- build a team but, like but what's that? What's the best then? thing to do? You build a, you build a talented team around a guy on a rookie deal at quarterback. And that's okay. But, but, but the chiefs didn't need the number one overall pick. So that means they had pieces already when they took, but they also got, okay. First of all, they also got Mahomes, who nobody thought he was going to be what he is now. And then also it's Andy Reid. He's one of the best offensive play callers in the league. We don't have any of those. So it's a totally different situation. So then it doesn't matter either way. Okay. Yes. They, they, (laughs) they, it it doesn't look like we, it it was worth it. Are you happy now? Or are you going to keep making me say that? Yeah. I broke you down again to, Oh to, to see my point. Whatever gets him to <laughs> shut up. <laughs> All right. So, JT, let's go real quick. Two-minute warning. The draft rooms. They were pretty interesting. Who had the best draft room slash war room set up at their, at their crib? Oh, hands down, Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, damn, he's, <laughs> he's getting paid. I know he got a lot of chicks coming to his house. Oh, man, you had to go there. I'm going to go Mike Zimmer. Um, it almost looks like a glorified set from uh, the show Coach, based up in Minnesota. So well, I he love. Lo- he looked like he lived at Fort Wilderness in Disney World. Well, well, I wasn't a big fan of the, of the, um, of the of the animal heads. I liked more the fireplace, the stoic like wood setting with the desk. So I didn't like the animal heads. Um, but I liked everything else in his like basement man cave up in the up in the north in the cold. It just looks like a spot that you want to be by the fireplace in like December. Cliff Kingsbury got chicks coming to his house right. on the regular. I'll, I'll go ahead. Next next topic. Two minute warning. Let's go. All right. So let's go real quick. Um, for the guys that didn't get drafted, the guys on the undrafted rookie free agent deals. Uh, which one or two are ones to keep eyes on during training camp? I'm going to go with the two Steeler guys that were signed. Trajan Bandy, shout out to the U. I the think, U. I think he can make it in the league as a cornerback. He's just – he's a gamer. Um, he's a tough guy, competitor. And then Josiah Coatney, um, interior defensive lineman, and that's what the Steelers need, especially depth. So there's a chance if he, if he works hard, they may keep him around. All right, I like those. There's actually a guy on my list I'm shocked you did not pick. And I thought you would. Mason Fine? No. Oh. Jerk. Uh, <laughs> the kicker from Georgia, Rodrigo Blankenship, he went to the Colts. Like, he was one of the best kickers in college football the last four years. And he's replacing Adam Vinatieri in a high-octane offense indoors. Like, sign me up for that. Don't forget, though, he missed a couple big kicks for Georgia, though. Don't forget that. He did. Yeah, but he I- cost them the South Carolina game. Yeah, but I mean, he's got a lot of experience. I don't, I don't think he'll be Aguayo, but I mean, to get him as an undrafted free agent, I think that's pretty good. 
Um, I also like the uh, Javelin uh, Guidry, the safety from Utah. I'm actually shocked he wasn't drafted. I thought he was. Remember, he blew up at the combine. He ran a 4-3-9, and he could play anywhere in the secondary. And that Utah secondary was talented. If it wasn't for their cornerback getting hurt, I think Justin Herbert might have lost that game. And then I like uh, the quarterback from Washington State, uh, Anthony Gordon. Could be Gardner Minshew 2.0. All right. No, that that could be a good one. Um, all right. So, JT, in honor of the NFL draft, trivia time. Oh, gosh, Just a couple, uh, mainly dealing with the draft. The last time – do you know the last time the Dolphins took a QB in the top five? Uh, Come on, this is your team. Don't let them down. QB in the top five. Glad it wasn't Brady Quinn. Um, <laughs> wasn't Marina for sure. Um, damn, when's the last time we drafted a quarterback in the first round? I should play. Well, the T- Tannehill wasn't in the, in, the, in the top five either. I should play the Jeopardy music. I don't know, Jim Drunken Miller. I don't know. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who was it. Definitely not him. 1967, Bob Greasy. Ah, okay. Come on. He was, he was top five pick. He was, yeah. I didn't see. I didn't think he was. Yeah, you wouldn't okay. think, but but he was. All right. All right, some fun ones. Who went? I'll give you multiple choice here. Who went to the same high school? I'm that as, dumb now. Where I'm giving you multiple no, no, choice. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. I'm giving you multiple choice because it's it's based on this current draft. Players on this current draft. Who went to the same high school as actor Chris Pratt? Was it Jacob Eason, Salvin Ahmad, Hunter Bryant, or your boy Ezra Cleveland? I don't even know where Chris Pratt is from. Uh, Ezra Cleveland? Er, Jacob Eason, your dude. Wow, they definitely weren't friends because Chris Pratt seems like a nice guy. (laughs) Wow. You're just knocking Jacob Eason. You've never even met the guy. I he said he's going to be the best quarterback could, in 10 years because he's going to end up in the best situation. But, but you're, you're, his knocking bo- his, his, you're knocking his character. He could be the his, nicest guy. His body language rubbed me the wrong way during the draft. And then what he tweeted after the draft kind of was like, uh, you, it's all about him. All right. So how well do you know Little League World Series? Which player hit three homers in the 2011 Little League World Series? Was it oh, my dude? Oh, I remember it, that. What is that man child, Jake Fromm? Oh, oh, he doesn't even need answers. All right. Ding, ding, ding. All right. Not bad. Not bad. Um, let's go with who has the nickname Canadian Bulldozer? Is it Chase Claypool? Brian Lewerke? Adam Troutman or Neville Gallimore? I think it's Troutman. Er, Neville Gallimore. Uh, I knew it wasn't Claypool, even though he's from Canada. <laughs> Good pick and, by the Steelers, by the way. And then let's go with this one. This will be the last one. I know you're going to laugh at this one. Whose mother won an Olympic bronze medal? Is it Everybody's Jerry? mother won an Olympic bronze medal. <laughs> and, it, hold on, come on. So, side note, seriously. I like knew this, you were going to get into no, this. No, this draft just reaffirmed that we are all just hopeless losers that have no shot at athletic athletic, you know, glory. Everybody who got drafted, their, their mom broke some Olympic record either here in another country. Their dad broke some Olympic record. Their brothers all played either community college basketball. They were a star. Their uncles were stars. Like the male <laughs> lady who they grew up next to played in the league for five years. Like, like every every one of these people, everybody in the family plays sports. Like, damn, we have no hope. Well, <laughs> that's funny, JT. 
Uh, so whose mother won Olympic bronze? Everybody medal? who's taking the first round mom of these four, a, gold, the- a bronze gold medal <laughs> in the Olympics. Everybody's mother's won an Olympic gold medal. All right, of these four, and you should get this one: Is it a Jerry Judy? Is it Mackay Becton? Is it Zach Bond? Or is it your dude from the the Dolphins, Noah I? It's Festus Iguanagi. It's Noah I. Yes. Your boy from the Dolphins. All, his whole entire family, by the way, I yeah. think has Olympic medals. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, or they all uh, participate in the Olympics. So like it, was his, it was his dad and Jesse Owens. Like, those are the only two no, people no, that got no. medals. His, his dad was in the 96 Olympics. Okay, relax there, relax. Well, JT, great episode. We reviewed the NFL draft. So if you missed any of the NFL draft, we caught you up the speed. Um, great work, JT. I definitely liked some of our picks and analysis. Um, to the listeners out there, thank you as always for listening to us. And remember to please subscribe to us, JT and the Don podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and the iHeartRadio app, and wherever else you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And if you like what we do, please leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, please leave us a five-star review. Also, please follow us on social media, our handle at JT and the Don. We can be followed and found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And again, thank you for listening. And JT, until the next episode, see ya. Peace.